Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. If you're having a steak and you're eating that with some mashed potatoes or broccoli, for example, you know, the next day it could turn into tacos, right? Everything turns into tacos these days. So <laughs> All roads lead to tacos. Uh, all roads lead to tacos. It's, I guess, a Tampa thing. I'm Dalia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you're a home cook like me, then you know that the dinner rotation can feel like the movie Groundhog Day. You got a couple of greatest hits and you just put them on repeat. Well, wouldn't it be nice to get some fresh ideas? For that, we knew just where to turn. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Today, we're getting dinner inspiration from Jonathan Rodriguez. He's the executive chef and food and beverage director for the dual-branded Aloft and Element Hotel in Tampa's Midtown Shopping and Dining District. I met up with Chef Jonathan at Sal Imar, which is the hotel's beautiful rooftop, restaurant, and bar. In this conversation, he shares advice for coming up with new dinner ideas, how growing up in New York with an Italian mother and Puerto Rican father influenced his palate, and his experience cooking for a certain famous family. I originally grew up in New York. I'm from Hudson Valley area, and I grew up with food, right? So it was an opportunity for me. I learned originally by just watching the cooking shows. My mom was cooking at the time. I lost my mother in January, but, you know, I... I've carried on the experiences of what the culture brings. My culture is uh, Puerto Rican Italian. I really embrace those avenues of experience flares into my food. I really enjoy taking that experience. I didn't know I was going to be where I'm at today, but I really enjoy the fact of me really going in and getting into a kitchen just by the way that the brigade works. Started as a dishwasher years ago and was humbly just cleaning my dishes way too fast because I was so curious to know what they were doing. All I heard was heard. Yes, chef. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I located? Like somebody told me I was just doing dishes, but I went from dishes to a military effect, which was really interesting. My dad was a retired military, so I understood that pattern, but it was inspiring once I was in there and really engaged to what the responsibility level was and where they are today. The work ethic for the food and beverage world has changed for me tremendously. So the more that I work on a daily basis with my team and the way that we interject the ideas of how we try to become better than yesterday, it's really inspiring. That's where I'm at today, right? Pretty cool. I'm sorry to hear about your mom. What is a dish that reminds you of her? Wow. The last dish I got from her was bending potato salad and her arroz con guandule. So my mom, she perfect the Spanish food, right? As funny as it sounds, she also has amazing lasagna, right? I can't seem to mimic her lasagna. And it's, it, it drives me insane because I was there watching every bit of the piece. But love of a person that cooks their food is just so different ingredient. 
And it's really hard to overcome that type of impactful flavors, right? When you're making food at home, you're making with a different type of love and feeling. And those ingredients, you're like, wow, they're the same, but they never taste the same. So They never taste the same. Wait, so your mom was the Italian one and your dad was the Puerto Rican one, but your mom learned to cook the Puerto Rican dishes too? 100%. So she definitely did. And it was crazy in the household because she spoke Spanish which was really funny. And she was just so engaged. She did everything she could for my father to get home so he can have that experience of being a Puerto Rico. But it was almost like too close, which I thought was really unique. Her practice and her approach of attention to detail is what really engaged me to be like, wow, like this is maybe a simple dish, but it just tastes so delicious. And just by the amount of people that comes together for that one item, it's just, it's inspiring. So her dishes were very unique. She made them a whole different twist, but it was like when you go to our house, you felt like you were back in the islands. It was really great. Oh, I love that. And this was where you grew up in New York? So this is where I grew up in New York. We used to go and take trips to Puerto Rico and the culture alone, she would bring it back home. And every time she learned a new dish, she would perfect it. So it was really cool because we would go in and we would eat this and be like, I don't know, mom, this is lacking this. And she was so curious to know, what are you lacking? What am I lacking? And we're like, salt. Is that why this place is called Salima? (laughs) No, that's funny. No, Salima is definitely means uh, sea and salt. For our opportunity for this property, we were, we opened as originally as tapas and we were just straight cocktails and tapas. Uh, when I came onto the property and took over almost three years ago, right? I saw a different vision for Salimar. Salimar, I wanted everybody. I wanted to hit all demographics. I wanted to be the most personable, but also with an experience through the process. And I wanted people to come here and have fun, you know, and make it Instagrammable, right? As we truly are, but really just make a low key place that we're on the rooftop, we're eating under the stars and enjoying our tomahawk. And that was the experience. Mm, That sounds so nice. So how did you get from New York down to here in Florida? I follow my mom. (laughs) So I graduated from, from New York and came down to Florida uh, with my wife. And we had one kid at the time, which is Angelo. Shout out to my son. But we came down and I got a good opportunity to be at the Embassy Suites, which was uh, sous chef, was my real sous chef job. And grew from being a sous chef for Embassy Suites. And I ended up going to Florida Hospital and worked out a celebration. And that was like an explosion of difference, right? Because you go from uh, restaurants to a hospital setting and you're thinking that you're serving all the food bland with no salt. And that's not true. Aventus Health was uh, an opportunity for me because I learned a more of a nutritional aspect of the culinary world and um, understood what celiac meant, understood what diabetics meant, understood that type of culture. So I moved from that area to uh, a little bit more further down to central Orlando and was the operational sous chef for Swan and Dolphin. And that was a whole explosive of, ex- of experience. We had Almolino Totoria, we had Kimono Sushi, we had Garden Grove, we had Shoeless, we had Blue Zoo. It was just a, one big resort that was just compact with all these great restaurants that we cook for every single day. And that's what really got me going in this business. Got to stage with a Michelin chef, which was great, and got to experience those opportunities of what perfection looks like. From there, I went to Opal Sands, and I was an operational sous chef once again, but it was a new property, right? Four Diamond Resort, their Rolls-Royce type of place located in Clearwater Beach, 
And I still wanted more, right? You just, you get to a certain expectation and then you level yourself to knowingly that you want to grow. And every day you just want to get more and gain more for your family. Four kids later and boom, where am I at? And I'm moving back to New York, working for the Trumps when they were in the presidency, catered directly for the Eric Trump and his wife and baby Luke. It was a different type of experience for me because it was a different catering right now. Now you go from hotel world, hospital world, and now you're dealing with one of the most powerful people in the country, right? Definitely was a different experience. I enjoyed my time with my career at that moment and uh, life kicked. Had to come back home. Parents weren't doing too good, so I had to come back and experience that time with them and uh, keep the memory going because you know that's all we have at the end of the day. Wow, what a journey you've had. So I have to ask you about working for the Trumps. What tea can you spill? What did they eat? What were their guilty pleasures? So every one of them had a different flair. President Trump was very simple. He wasn't anything too extravagant. He's not your caviar guy, which is really unique. He doesn't drink, which is really interesting, but most people didn't know that. So that's your spill. Wait, um, I did not know that. But hold on, because all we hear about is him ordering KFC and McDonald's. So when he actually has a, a trained chef such as yourself at his disposal, what kind of things are you making for him? For him, he had an on-site chef in the White House, and he was very easygoing. Like I said, he's not one to be, he eats what he enjoys, right? He likes his burgers. That is 100%. I've cooked for a lot of different celebrities in, in my career, which is nice. And you'd be surprised. Like, they're, a lot of them are not the ones that are caviar people. Some of them just go with their comfort zone. And I think that's where people miss, right? It's always been like, what he wants is what he's going to get. And very simple, right? He's very simple. So, which is cool. Compared to Eric Trump and Laura Trump, they're, they like more cleaner food. Donald Trump Jr. enjoys the steak. For Tiffany Trump, she's a little bit more different, younger, so she enjoys, you know, the sushi world. Every one of them have a different, unique taste of flavor. They all have their own different nutritional factors, and they're all on their own individual um, diets, which makes it fun. I want to switch gears and ask you about culinary inspiration, because as a chef, I know you're always coming up with new recipes. As a home cook, I just throw my hands up and go, I don't know what else to make. I just have my rotation of like pasta and that type of thing. Where do you turn for inspiration? I think that the best thing that a chef can do is listen to his team. I believe that a chef should really take that opportunity to understand what family means. When you get in the kitchen, you learn that family is everything. And when you teach and train, it's way different than really engaging as far as taking that step back and saying, you know what? Yes, I'm the chef, but we can come up with something together. So what I like to do is I have my items that I love to create and I love to go with and run to, but I really love to engage my cooks to be young chefs and really get them to be able to flair different dishes. And uh, a famous thing that was told to me was, is that If you're ready to put a dish on the menu, just understand that once it gets on this menu, it's no longer your dish, right? And this is what chefs don't really tell the world this, but it's the truth, right? There's a lot of dishes that, for example, that because you have different cooks from different worlds that experience different things that come up with these items and the chef will take the item and perfect it. I like to engage with my team. I like them to have fun. Obviously, if I'm coming up with a dish, it's something that's going to come from my past experience. But for me, creativity is everything, right? You, in, 
you're imparting creativity with your dishes, but you're trying to be able to make sure that you're giving what the crowd wants. And I think that's the main focus. You could try 10 dishes, but maybe two dishes are going to be the real winners. Give the people what they want. <laughs> Give the people what they want. What's an example of a dish that your team had some input on that maybe you wouldn't have thought of on your own? That's really good. So our salmon dish here. So I pretty much got them to be like, hey, we got to put a salmon dish. Everybody wants salmon. So I said, I said, I challenge you. I said, let's come up with different ideas and let's take these ideas and let's make dishes. We made so many salmon dishes, right? Before we came up with the idea of what dish we're going to put in for Sally Moore. So what we did was we have a cilantro per blanc. We have our Atlantic salmon that we sear with a cilantro butter, salt and pepper. And on the bottom, we do a corn coulisse. We take our corn and we cook it in salt and pepper and onions, and then we reduce it. And then once we reduce it, all those flavors impact, hit a little bit of white wine, and then we burn mix it. So we, it looks like a puree. We put that in the bottom. We put some vegetables, seasonal vegetables, and, and then we fired it up with a piece of salmon and call it a day. That dish was created probably like 10 different ways. And it was like, all right, we're going to choose one from you, one from you. That was our collaborative dish that we put on the menu. And it's uh, we, our new menu just came out, which is amazing. But it's really cool because the cooks that cook it, they're so proud. And their face is so, like, it, it, it's just like an unforgettable moment because we sell the salmon like crazy. And I expressed to them, I said, look, guys, this is a dish that y'all created. And look how inspiring it feels. And now it gets their turn spins, right? So that salmon dish has been collaborative with the entire team. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. I love the idea of getting everybody to give their take on it and then either choosing the best one or different components from each dish. I could see that translating at home saying, hey, we're having pizza night. Who can make the best pizza or something like that? Because I'm trying to think, I mean, you've got this amazing team. I'm just a mom in the suburbs trying to get dinner on the table. What are the lessons for me? Bulk cooking is always a big thing, and I think it's probably the new innovative thing of doing that bulk cooking. What do you mean by bulk cooking? I know people who do the Sunday night, like, marathon of, I'm going to make my rice, and I'm going to cook my chicken breast, and I'm going to saute my vegetables. Are you that kind of person? And then how do you keep that fresh for the whole week? So it depends what items are. Have you ever had something that you eat it the next day, and you're like, oh my gosh, it tastes so much better than yesterday? Yes, 
like chili, stews, 100%. soups. 100%, right? And sometimes those things just need to sit, right? And just get all those saturated flavors, right? And that's an excellent bulk cooking, right? You're going to have chili and you're going to make chili. You're going to eat it in a bowl of soup. Then you can throw that bad boy in a hot dog the next day and keep it moving, right? And those are your just your casual cooking foods. But bulk cooking, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy as far as being my two, three day out. I don't really do it for a whole week. A lot of fitness trainers do inspire that and get their meals in for a week and really count down the calories. But I only do it for some items that really make sense, right? Okay, like what? Exactly what you said, like a soup or a chili. <laughs> You're not going to get me doing like a chicken parmesan and doing it the next day. And it's just a different flavor, although it will taste delicious. But it's just it's just not my cup of tea for that type of item. What's the last thing you cooked for dinner at home? Steak. Okay. Now, what are some different ways? Say you make a steak, you make a couple steaks. How can you like remix it the next day? So that's really good. So for example, we cook our steak between medium rare to medium. But if you're having a steak and you're eating that with some mashed potatoes or broccoli, for example, the next day it can turn into tacos, right? Everything turns into tacos these days. So <laughs> All roads lead to tacos. Uh, all roads lead to tacos. It's like it's a Tampa thing. Or you can do spaghettis and then you can chop up your steak. and then Or you could do a steak and macaroni and cheese and have that type of fun and have a little bit of sauteed onions and hit that with some nice, delicious cheddar cheese. So there's different avenues that you can place a protein in. It doesn't have to live in one place. Okay, talk to me about the new menu at Salimar. We've talked about so many aspects of it, and we touched on the amazing salmon that your team came up with. But just, like, run me through some of the greatest hits that people are ordering these days. So I have a signature item that we do. It's our tuna tataki, which is our fresh wontons. We fry our wontons in a cylinder base. And we use fresh ahi tuna, and we pretty much toss that in a sweet chili sauce and some tuxedo seeds. And what I mean by tuxedo seeds, I mean by white and black seeds and blend them together. And then we add wakame seaweed, and then we hit it with a little bit of fresh ginger that we do in-house. And we make wasabi oli, and we make our caviar in-house. So, you know, when people see it, they think we're actually doing caviar. But what we do is we do a molecular gastronomy style. So it's actually soy caviar. So it's soy sauce that we make them into caviar. And it gives you the um, illusion that you're eating caviar. But it's just all those components that are truly make a tuna tataki. So how the heck did you come up with that? That was a mix of experience with the Michelin world, with the experience of the Florida world, with the idea of, you know what, I want everything in one bite. You know, tuna tataki is normally broader on a plate and it's laid out and they'll either do it like a sashimi style or they're going to do it like a nacho style. That's like where the flair comes from. So for me, it was like, how do I get all those components on one bite? Mm. And this item of the dish took it took a lot of practice, a lot of practice. I've worked on this dish for now for like six years. And in six years, we've won three awards for it. You're mastering something that others try to not, not always think about, but let alone always experience it in a different way. And that's what we try to do in Salimar. We want to give you an experience to try items. We do a beautiful rooftop dining experience as far as the tomahawk. We cut it to your table side. We give you the experience. We let you enjoy this delectable piece of meat. And we give you that time to be able to feel that what you spend was real. 
you have a delicious orgetti pasta. Orgetti pasta has a nice little spice to it. It's ground sirloin with, it's it's like a spicy cream sauce. It's so delectable. Spinach and it's got tomatoes and it's got chorizo. And that's where that spicy kicks in. And then we hit it. We can't just be basic. We got to hit it with a little bit more spicy oil that we have as well. Pasta is a good one because that's something that a lot of people, including myself, have in the rotation. It's cheap. It's usually pretty quick. How can we give it our own little flair or maybe try something new with it? Pasta is such a universe conversation, right? Not one person does the same thing with pasta. Me, myself, I love making pasta from scratch. I wish I could make orchette pasta from scratch, but it's very difficult to do it in such a busy restaurant. But for this particular dish, we don't batch anything, which is really cool. So we make our bolognese style. So we, again, I'm Puerto Rican Italian, so I like to blend that world. So a pasta can talk to anyone, right? It's what you put into it for what actual toss do you want? Do you want tomato sauce? Do you want pesto sauce? Do you want um, something spicy? Do you want something sweet? Everything has its own typical taste of your choice. Yeah. Oh, I love everything you just said. I'm trying to think when I'm stuck in a rut, some things I do, I'll look on social media. I'll flip through my cookbooks, which I rarely do. I'll even go to like an old family recipe. Usually Mm. I'm just freestyling. (laughs) Or one of my favorite moves is to shop at a different grocery store. Yes. So do you do any of those? If you just need to kind of snap yourself out of it and get yourself into something new, do you have any final tips? Yes. If you want to experience something different, other than the basic places, and I don't want to name those basic places, but a Caribbean place. Oh, I, I go. I'm. So I love the Caribbean style food and how they handle it, and it's so different. I'm Puerto Rican, but you go to Jamaica, you go to Haiti, and you go to any of these other beautiful countries. These countries have such a unique style of cooking, and their their spices are so unique, and it just it blows my mind of what. The, sim- the similarities are, because you can eat the same items, but they taste so different. Oh, yeah. Like, you can take a mango, and you could get it from an Indian grocery store, a Latin grocery store. We love yes. the Asian market. What's the one on Hillsborough Avenue? Sanwa? Have you been in there? I, I have not been in Sanwa. I used to go to this place in Orlando. They're not open anymore. I think there's one in Brandon, if I'm not mistaken. Oh! I live in that area. Same yeah. Way. And you go in there. They have the fish in here. There's like a lobster tank. There's yes. a seafood tank. That's MD Oriental Market. I was just there last weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that place is so big. Ones, it's so nice. And there's one called Bomb, B-O-M. And then there's a new one in New Tampa. And obviously, I'm just speaking to the people who are listening in the Tampa Bay area. But those international grocery yes. stores, whether they're Asian... Latin American, Caribbean, African, if you can find that in your area. Yeah, those are all those are great. great, too. They have a lot of those in New York, you know, and even the Indian markets, right? You'll be so amazed about how much ingredients and spices are in this world. And we're only staple to the ones that we know. Even bananas. 100%. There's like 100%. so bananas, and we only get like one at the grocery store. That's 100%. Everybody knows one banana that live in the banana world, right? And we're talking about bananas right here, right? A banana can go in so many different ways. If you got a plantain, you can watch the plantain turn from a plantain to a sweet plantain to a manduro style plantain. So it's the longer it goes, the sweeter it can go. And, and for our Spanish culture, that's how we know where that plantain is going to take its voyage. 
Right? Ooh, take its voyage. 100%. I like that. And it's fun. You, we both have kids. It's fun to take the kids to a market like that and yes. let them each pick out an ingredient. Have you ever been to this Asian-style hot pots? Yes. Oh my gosh, it blew my mind yesterday. I went with with my family and it blew my mind. There was like a conveyor belt of all these vegetables. Oh, yeah. I think it was boil pot. I've been to, I think it's the name of it, boil pot or something like that in Tampa. Any place with a conveyor belt, I mean, sign me up. I was mind blown. And you cook your food and I'm still amazed of how beautiful you 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 experience. And I challenge people to really experience other cultures. At the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters. We all love each other to the fullest. And that is where the mind and mentality will always live with me, my family, my kids. We don't see anything besides each other's hearts. And challenge people to really experience other people's culture so they can understand what others have grown up to and what have they inspired by and why these chefs become chefs. You never know what a chef's really thinking. You only know for when you're sitting down and talking with them. And when you sit down and you talk to them and you experience where their mind's been or where their experience or where their future is going to be going to, that's when you really engage into what that person actually feels and thinks on an everyday basis. I'm so glad I got to sit down with you and find out a little bit what you're thinking and feeling, especially because it's about to be lunchtime, so it's about to get crowded in here. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, I just uh, really appreciate, you know, you coming out and letting me be a part of this community. I love what you do. I am really inspired what you do. And there's nothing more beautiful than a person taking the step forward and really understanding our world. And just keep it up and wish you nothing but love and blessings. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. That was Chef Jonathan Rodriguez of Sal Imar. He shared his recipe for prime New York steak with truffle burrata mash and sauteed broccolini. And if that made your mouth water, then just head to our website for the recipe, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Dalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas and Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2024, part of the NPR Network.